This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Michelle Welch, author, psychic medium, and attorney. We will be discussing her book, Spirits Unveiled, and the variety of energetic beings around us and how to connect with them. Michelle, thank you for joining me and welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Michelle and I were just talking prior to starting, and she mentioned to me that she had an NDE. Well, actually two NDEs, but can we hear about one of them first? Sure. Uh, so when I was about in fourth grade, and I believe, when I, it's crazy, I don't know, I need to ask my mother, she's about 87, but I believe it was fourth grade. And I was, we went out, you know, I'd go out to recess and we happened to be in these like portable, I guess the school was adding on in my hometown of Longview, Texas. And uh, I was a portable building. And I remember I was going back in for some history class and I was running, running, running. And I fell and my head hit a, a rock. Literally, just like in a not in a good space. And so they didn't know as much then about rushing your kids, you know, for concussion if they've been hit in the head or anything like that. So I had, uh, but I was out. And my experience, I believe, what reflected what I had been taught. And now, when I had another experience later, that to be perfectly candid was about 20 years ago, which was by my own hand, uh, what I, my own doing, the other near-death experience, I realized that my experience was different because I had evolved. So what I experienced reflected some of my uh, ingrained or installed beliefs. And I find that very interesting because it was, there were two different experiences. So you're saying what you were taught. In, does that mean in the first one, maybe you saw Jesus or something religious? Yes. Absolutely. So I did. And it was just more, I, and I, I've always asked why. And I believe the reason why is we experience spirits, we experience the cosmos, we experience these things we don't know for sure. But if we haven't experienced, sometimes it doesn't mean you're not having the experience. It just means sometimes that what you experience or you see, when I see an angel now, it looks different than what it looked like before. So I believe the universe is great at protecting us and helping us and, and showing us what we can handle, at least for me, uh, what I could handle and the way I could see the experience. Because I also think not, I am not saying to do anything to harm yourself or anyone else, but I do think if there is some sort of near-death experience, that there's something to learn from it. And in that learning, you're going to be more willing to learn if it's somewhat in the confines of what you always, what you already believe. Since your second one was self-inflicted, did you have a hellish experience? So it wasn't hellish and I've never seen any, and I talked to a medium. So I talked to spirits a lot and, and, and I'm revealed a lot of things. I've never really seen such a hellish experience. It was more, it, it was more. I don't, the word would be more galactic. So it wasn't punishing in any way. Uh, it, I, it didn't feel like I was being punished. It just felt more connected to all. And it, to me at that point, it was much easier to just say, you know, I'm, I'm just, this is it. And that's how I felt. But of course, um, I thankfully didn't succeed in what I was trying to do and got help. And, um, but, you know, it's, it wasn't, no, it wasn't a hellish experience, but it was, it was, I don't want to say more evolved because I don't want to ever cut down anyone's faith or their beliefs. It just, for me, felt more, more vast. When you say galactic, do you feel like you went out to the cosmos? Absolutely. Yes. Did you see aliens too? Not in that experience, but I have seen aliens and I have seen, and I'm, it's interesting Jeff, because I have never, since I was young, I have never, I, let's put it this way, I have always 
believed in aliens. It's just like, well, why wouldn't you? Like, why wouldn't I know that's real? And who are we as humans to think we're the only people around and, and the only beings around? So there's all sorts of beings that are all around us. And uh, yeah, so, you know, didn't see aliens in a second, but it maybe that's because I typically I've never been never thought that was an issue. I just I really was shocked when people didn't believe in it. It's interesting. Uh, my grandfather was a, a preacher mm-hmm. and uh, he's passed, of course, at, you know, at this point. But in his Bible, I out to the side and, you know, he's I mean, he was this was old, you know, back back in the day, you know, gospel time reunions or, you know, whatever they're called. And uh, I looked in his Bible and he had uh, where he had written about aliens. Oh. And uh, isn't that interesting? And he was uh, an assembly God preacher of God preacher, but he even believed in aliens, but, and which shocked me, but made me feel as a younger, you know, teen or preteen made me feel so much more. Look, I'm not the only one who maybe is in this, in a religious situation, for lack of a better word, you know, in a certain church or something like that, that actually believes in this. And that's when I, with that grandfather, I could be a little bit more open. I feel that NDEs for some people create cognitive changes that could be considered psychic. Do you think one of your NDEs gave you your psychic ability? I believe that that when I was in fourth grade, I might have already had the ability because I remember things from before fourth grade where I definitely had the ability, but I think it exponentially increased my ability for me uh going out of your body that going out of your body experience it seems like so many people even stories in my book uh that are extremely psychic for lack of a better word i'm reclaiming that word because it's very close to faith uh but those people had either an nde or some sort of trauma uh, and that's a third one. I don't think it was an NDE, but I had a lot of trauma where I pulled out of my body. I had trauma where I pulled out of my body a lot. And so I find that, and I agree with you, I, but I find that it, maybe it didn't give them to me, but it certainly enhanced them. You just mentioned something and I want to further explore. You said and, uh, psychic is another word for faith. It, yes. So in my third book, I'm talking about that. I'm going to have the reader walk through. So it's not a synonym, but psychic. Um, maybe paranormal, uh, faith, faith, all three of those are believing in something unseen or something that you cannot prove with what we think the proof has to be, right? The scientific process or something like that. All three of those. So yes, I, yeah, I would say that. That's fascinating. I just posted a podcast within a week um, by a guy who wrote the psychic, I think, no, it's the paranormal Christian. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you know of that book, but we were discussing that basically if you're believing in Christianity, then you're believing in the paranormal. I can see that take on it. I mean, it's, it is paranormal. I mean, can you prove it? And so then again, it, they call it faith, but you're believing in something that you're putting your faith in to believe in that you really can't prove. I can't prove to someone that I'm a psychic, that I see certain things. I can't prove to you that I see an angel or I've seen them since before fourth grade and wonder why everybody else didn't. Like we're in church, we're talking about angels. And then I say, there's one and people, no, you can't say that. You can't. And I'm like, but we're singing about it. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been really interesting how that all ties together. All right. In the beginning, I mentioned that there are a variety of energetic beings around us. Can you give us a list of the different types of beings that are there? So I can't give a full list because that's an encyclopedia, in my opinion, because there are so many beings. But I can give some categories. I believe, I've already said, in extraterrestrials, whatever you want to call it, um, aliens, I also believe that there are hybrids. So I will say that I've, I've seen it. I know that we're not alone here. Uh, there are, let's, the book could be Aliens Amongst Us, and I'm sure somebody's probably written that book. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, so that's one type. Uh, I also uh, think, and I talk about 
a spiritual versus soul. And I leave that to the reader, how they want to decide the difference. And that's an age old debate, you know, is the spirit, the soul. But as far as a spiritual being, I would also say animals. And I don't like the term crossed, like they've crossed. And I'm still wondering how I'm going to deal with that. But uh, it's and in loved ones, actually, also. Uh, the reason I don't like the word cross, because I don't think there's a veil. And so I think the frequencies and everything, these spirits are all around us. I'll, I'll list some more because I'm not answering a question, but they're all around us. So that's why I think if we can adjust ourselves, believe a little bit and adjust our frequency to some of those, we might connect with the elementals, the fairies, uh, which you know, here in Dallas, Texas, maybe a lot of people don't believe in fairies, but if you go to other parts of the world, they absolutely believe in fairies to the extent that, that they'll spend millions of dollars to divert a roadway, right, mm-hmm. around a fairy bush, a hawthorn bush or tree. So that's another one. And I, of course, disincarnates, ghosts, uh, for lack of a better word, they are here. The, and I went to New Orleans to, you know, after Katrina. And it, I had been glued to the TV with compassion. And I really felt like uh, some souls have lingered, lingered there. And of course, they linger in lots of places. It doesn't have to be in the cemetery or the insane asylum. And I don't, you know, I've been, I've checked myself in for help. At, at, so I don't mean insane asylum in a bad way, but what we used to call that. Uh, it doesn't have to always be those places where we can connect with disincarnates. I also talk and I explain the difference and I'll tell in my book, but I, I think a being really can be anything. A tree can be a being. And that's something I didn't always believe uh, and, and can have a soul. Uh, it, yeah. So just, and, and also I, I'm trying to see where the other ones I went into my book, angels, uh, you know, the four major, maybe five, when I say major, I say the most populated or the most people in their church, the, the religions believe, all believe in the same one thing in common, that one thing, there's maybe one, more than one, but one place that they can agree is that there are angels. They just may think they do separate things, such as Gabriel to announcing the birth of Christ uh, to Mary, Elizabeth to John, or Muhammad receiving the Quran from Gabriel. So that's, that's, that's the same angel, but with believing different things about those angels. So I do talk a lot about angels, and that's a list of, on the list for sure, of beings that I would talk about. There are also beings that are what people call the opposite of angels. Uh, you don't have, you know, I think demon might come from a faith based and what I mean by a religious connotation, but there are those lower entities. Now we call them lower entities because we have our moral compass and our social mores, our ethics, our legalities, but starts with our moral compass. And we may believe one thing, but who am I to tell another spirit what to believe? It may not jive with humans, but why humans think they're the ones that get to decide. Now you can decide if you want to dance a cosmic dance with a demon, but who are we to assign that's a low vibration or that's a high vibration? Now, I know that's controversial, but it's something I really believe because if you don't want to be in, in the presence of it, that's fine. But I'm human and I don't have all the answers. So I'm not going to say something's really, it may feel bad to me, but who am I to decide which is the right social moray or, or anything for anyone else? Any other being, type of being. What about spirit guides? Oh, so spirit guides. Uh, absolutely. Uh, the, this goes back to this, when I said kind of you people, the beans meet you where you are. Not always. I mean, they'll, you know, they can make me jump sometimes, but so they don't always meet you where you are until you're ready maybe for more. Uh, so spirit guides, I definitely see, I think we can work with them, but I do believe sometimes they'll appear to somebody as you have a spirit guide and, and, and you'll either think it or someone, you know, someone who sees will tell you there's a spirit guide with you and they look like this and they were from this century or whatever. But then other people may see a ball of energy, just a, just no face, nothing. So to me, those spirit guides appear to us as we can handle them. 
I will say with spirit guides, uh, I a lot of people will tell you you need to know their name to work with them. I think you need to know their frequency to work with them. Eventually, they may share their name with you, but sometimes we can't even pronounce it. So that's I, that's something that I do. You know, deviate from what a lot of people will tell you. I, I think you go by how are they making you feel, and I give some warnings about that in the book. How do you personally connect with them? Do you see them, sense them, hear them, or all of the above? All of the above. And what I like to try to tell people is that just because I can sometimes see, and it's it was mainly childhood, but I still do, about three years ago, I saw one in the garage and it shocked me. It looked very, I mean, it's bigger than the garage, but as I was opening my garage door and I actually called a friend and I said, how are you seeing angels or is it different? Has it changed? And she said, yes. So she sees angels and she was with me. It had, they had a little more alien feel to them than they used to about three years ago. But I do see with, so I'll tell people it's with your third eye. That's if you see with your third eye, I feel that's more advanced. That's how we used to communicate as Lemurians. And we, we for example, if you, and so, because, and the reason I say this is so many people think, well, you know, then that means I don't see. Yeah, you do. If you're seeing with your inner knowingness, with your mind's eye, with your third eye, to me, that's more, that's cooler. And, and you're more, may potentially more connected than if you see with your physical eyes. So don't ever think, you know, that you have to see with your physical eyes for it to be legitimate or the person talking to you to be legitimate. That's not true at all. You can sense them and they will communicate back with you and you can third, third eye see them Hmm. for sure. Can we all connect with them? And if so, how do we do it? Okay. And you did ask me, how do I connect? So Mm -hmm. it it is the third, the three ways, but how can we do it? First of all, I don't think some, I want to start to say kind of be not believe that's not the right word be open to the possibility of com- of meeting a spirit guide or I'll add another being that you, you know it's not your customary what you think might be an ascended master or, or a spirit guide and just be open to the fact then just start talking to them and you can also depends on the guide let's say it was a fairy guide I I go around one of the neighborhoods where my grand my grandson lives and they have little fairy houses in Dallas, Texas, which is really interesting. And I'll leave crystals for all the fairies. And I believe that's a way just paying honor, not worshiping, in some cases, worshiping, if that's your belief system, but just paying honor will open the door to helping you communicate with with spirit guides of of every kind. I know that people get frustrated because like, well, I don't have one. It's not it's not that you don't have one. It may be that you should potentially just, when I say adjust your frequency, just kind of t- change your radio channel, you know, station, excuse me, to something uh, a little different. And, and music can do that. Sophageal frequencies can do that. That's probably the best way to adjust our frequency so we can communicate with the spirits and spirit guides. What are sophageal frequencies? So I didn't know that either until I, pay, I, I, I stumbled on this book and I, I named it in my book and I ordered it because it was talking about sulfur geofrequencies. And I was, and then I saw there were apps for that. And I was like, because I was researching frequencies and I am, you guys just try this. It is so interesting. What they are is they were sounds, tones, hertz at a certain hertz, I believe is the thing in there in my book. And I tell you all the different ones, one eleven's one of them. And so, and it, I do say that might be a way to connect with angels. But the thing is, is that, uh, so what are they? They were also, so there was these tones, but at some point they were banned. These these uh, tones, these frequencies were banned uh, by a certain group that banned a lot of things. Uh, and because they felt and literally that you could communicate directly with the divine instead of going through other people. So they're really, they're really interesting to work with and you can download the sounds and it, it may be a sound to help you connect with an alien. It may be a sound and it won't say that my book will say that, but it, or it may be a sound to help you connect with a loved one. But it's just, it's just like kind of like ohm and, and those, but it's it's different and that they were banned and it's certain hurts level. Hmm. So really fascinating. 
it's like a one monotone sound and perhaps it, it acts like white noise or something that kind of changes your frequencies and lets you perhaps focus or something. Correct. But a lot of the, a lot of it's one, but a lot of the apps or the things you'll see on YouTube, they'll overlay it with other music. So I suggest getting where it's just what you said, just that tone and just that tone. I want my anxiety to go down. So you go to the tone that, and most of the apps will tell you this or YouTube, this one's for anxiety and it will calm you down. Hmm. So I would get the ones with the tones, not with the overlay of music. Uh, I would go to the pure raw sound. What tone gave you the most extraordinary experience? And what did you experience? I love that question. So the tone that, and, and so I'm a little bit different on this one because I just said 111s for angels. I think that's very limiting. So it was 111 and I, I think, and I want to not say the number wrong. I think it was 496 and I just strolled to him and I connected with not an angel, Uh this is, you know, warning. Uh, I connected with something much deeper uh, in the sense of not deeper, much more uh, menacing in a way. Now, that doesn't mean that that's a bad frequency. It just happened to be that that spirit came through with that, that those two that I combined. And I'll, and when you get in those frequencies, a lot of people be like, I don't want that. I mean, no, Michelle, uh, you know, I just want the good ones. I want the light. I want the love. Well, we have polarity. We have duality. So you it, there, you might experience this a little flip. And if you get really scared, what I found for me anyway, I don't get scared as much as I did when I was young, but if someone is, gets really scared, um, and you might have had somebody on talking about this because there's somebody I think who wrote a book about this, but that will jump you out most of the time, just like jump you out of that experience. It'll jar you out of it, even if you're listening to the music, just your fear and your non-acceptance of that frequency. Not always, but almost always, you'll just be jarred out of it. So you don't need to worry that you're going to meet something. But for me, I'm open to seeing what spirits are out there and making my decision, not being told, oh, they're low vibration, you can't work with them. No, I want to meet them. And then if I go, oh, no, I'm not dealing with that, then I choose not to deal with that. And that's why I always say uh, to engage before you sage, because what if a spirit that was actually pretty decent walked up to you? Or Jeff, what if you knocked on our do my you know door and I just had sage right, right there because I just assumed I need to sage you away. And I think people make mistakes. And I used to, too. In doing that, because there might be a message for you from that particular spirit being. Now, you said menacing, but can you, what do you mean by that? I mean, um, well, I'll say be, there's benevolent and malevolent, right. that M-A-L word, right. malicious, you know, not as nice. Uh, something that was a little scary, mm. uh, more like, and I, I see lots of gargoyle energy and gargoyles I'll see and I'm like it, I even saw one there's a big huge building in Dallas and uh it's it's the green building it has the green lights around it. if you see the Dallas skyline you'll see it right. and again maybe two years ago I saw what looked to be almost like gargoyle beings and I was like do you see do you see to my husband and no uh sitting on that big tall building which I used to work in and I felt like they were protecting the city. Gargoyles used to be put on churches. They're beautiful in Spain. They're put on the churches to protect, to protect from evil. And so they looked scary. So it looked menacing to me. And I felt it might be a little bit menacing or malevolent. But I did more digging and getting to know that spirit being before I just decided, nope, I, you know, there's some that I don't. And I'll tell you the one that I don't, that I dealt with recently that is not going to be in my life. I, uh, my, my husband has type two diabetes and he's allowed me to talk about this in the book. Uh, but this to me was probably about a year ago and he was asleep and I turn and I look and there is a, it felt like a, a, a lady. This spirit felt like a lady. The spirit being looked like a lady. And she had like a 
black veil over her and she's all in black. And speaking of Spain, she reminds me of some of the women you'll see at Spain sitting outside the churches. And she scared me. Now, I'm not saying the people outside of the churches are bad, but she kind of looked like that. She was just dressed in almost funeral attire. And I said, "Uh uh-uh. I asked, what are you doing? She laughed. I said, what are you doing? Because it felt like she was going to try to harm my husband. And his AC1 and his levels had been going up. And I said, no, no, no. Uh, you're going to not be in my home at all. It didn't go away. She didn't leave like that. She, uh, we were talking before the show about my house, I have three stories. She ran up, she, that spirit was laughing and running up the stairs as real as if you were in my home and just laughing at me. Ha ha ha. No, you can't catch me running up the stairs. So I have continued to do work and I feel the house is clear for now. Definitely a malevolent spirit intending to cause harm. How do we identify the benevolent ones, the ascended masters, the guides, the angels? Yeah. So for me, it is, first of all, what's menacing to me, again, going back to what I said before, and feels predatory to me, might not to someone else. But if in general, if you feel threatened, if you feel, I go to, I worked a lot with them, domestic violence, with Genesis and Women's Shelter since the day, I believe they've opened. And uh, we, you know, and it doesn't matter, woman or female, but if you're in an abusive situation, that, that person will tell you, you can only talk to me. I'm the only person you should listen to. And they're very possessive. I equate those with how you might know that a spirit is, if you're not just already scared away, if you invite it to speak to you, if they're immediately saying, you know, or talking you down, like, you know, Michelle, you're just nothing. You are, you know, as opposed to an uplifting, Michelle, we believe in you. Michelle, you can do this. Uh, Those red flags, you'll know. And I guess my next question and probably is yours is, you know, but in that too far down the road, I mean, you've taken too long to figure this out. You feel it pretty quickly. Uh, And most people will, and I don't like to do a cosmic dance with somebody I think is going to intend to harm me. But even with teachers that teach like at my store or me, I say, if anybody ever tells you, I know it all, I'm the only way, do it like me, uh, you should run. And so that's when you would run from that type of spirit. And they reveal themselves pretty quickly on that. Pretty quickly, it'll come out that they're they're trying to control you because they can't help but tell you something negative where you, you need them. And that is not how I have experienced this love, the other types of spirit guides to work. They're more encouraging. Now, in the beginning, I also mentioned you're an attorney. Are you still practicing? And if so, do you incorporate your psychic ability in your practice? So I am still licensed in the state of Texas. And the way I practice now, because I'm so busy with other things, I will practice by consulting on juries, consulting on, uh, it's in the book, I, I um, certain murder cases, I will sit in the back. I'm not the one that takes the stand because, uh, you know, I don't call and go, I've got a lead for you. But I will get, they know that I can do this. And so, and, I, and that's why I had to get permission in the book to talk about the one case. Uh, so, um, and I rambled off your question. Did I, what was? I was just yeah. basically curious if you incorporated your psychic ability in, in practicing law. So yes, if I still practice. So I took a little break, but I'm paying again because you have to pay a bunch of money. So uh, I am licensed. And yes, the way I practice is I might would do a pro bono case, maybe for somebody and a half helped give advice as a lawyer. It's totally separate from giving advice as a reader. Uh, I would give them advice uh, if they were having, let's say they were getting evicted wrongfully or something like that. And I, and it's really touched me uh, something. So it's more like that pro bono work now, but I have more time. Not I can work on those cases that mean a lot to me instead of civil cases where you, I just feel like it was just so I could make the money. So I and I did I did use them all along to pick juries. I mean, picking juries. I was 24 uh, 
that is young to, to be in front of juries. In Dallas County, Texas, I was in front of juries at 24, about to turn 25. And I thought I was so smart because other people would ask me to help them pick the jury. And I realized really quickly, I was getting a lot of help from my guides and things like that and, and channeling information. It, and I'm not trying to put myself down, but I was giving myself a lot of credit that really is not credit due to me. I was having help from beyond to help me pick those juries all along. And I still just, I certainly use intuition there. I had a sportscaster interview me one time and say, isn't that cheating? Isn't that cheating that you, that you know? And I'm like, oh, I don't know everything. If I knew everything, I wouldn't be having, you know, I'd be running the world, but it's not cheating to use your intuition or your psychic knowingness. It's not at all. It's just levels of what people do every day where they use that because we can all do that. And yes, we can all get in touch with spirit guides. We can all, uh, I am not, I am special. We're all special, but I am not so special to think that not every one of the listeners can do exactly what I do. Uh, You just have to, it takes some practice. And, and sometimes it just doesn't come as naturally as to some as others, like, you know, riding a skateboard. I might could do it for one second, but I'd have to really practice to do it longer. So and somebody else could hop on and they'd be great right away. Hmm. It's the same thing. Earlier, you mentioned Lemurians. Yeah. And um, what do you mean by that? Are you saying we're all Lemurians or Lemurian star seeds? I don't think we're all Lemurians. I have a quiz in the back of my book. I am certainly test to be Lemurian. Uh, so I would count those sort of put them in the the high the extraterrestrial beings because they're not necessarily aliens, okay? But it's so what I mean by that is they were a group of people I and I've seen this. I mean literally it's been channeled to me like and they were before Atlantis and they were a very utopian society. If somebody tells you that they're a Lemurian, the best way to know, and Palladian too, uh, the best way to know they're not is if they're bragging about it. Mm-hmm. If they're saying, well, I was on the Lemurian Council and this, that, and the other. I was uh, on the Palladian Council. I just need you to know I was on the Palladian Council, just so you know, just so you know, you know, and you better not, t- you know, test me or whatever. That That is not a sign of the Lemurians. Everyone in the society was equal in the sense of respecting one another. So uh, do I think we're all Lemurians? No. Do I think we're all starseeds? I do. Do you think you are a new arrival to earth or you've been here several lives? It feels like I've been here a bunch. Uh, I, I, I don't think I'm a new arrival, but I don't think I'm the wisest of souls that are here either. I think I, think I fall somewhere in between. You also mentioned hybrids. Do you think that there are a lot of human-alien hybrids walking around the planet? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. I, I and do, do what I is that a, people are going to go? Oh, that's there's no way. I will tell you. When I was in Vegas, we go to Vegas for market. I don't gamble. It's not a religious thing or you know a judgment thing. I just don't because uh, I just don't want to. And so we're in Vegas and we're walking down. I guess it's kind of that main strip in Las, in Vegas where you, everything is there. Mm-hmm. And I said to my husband, I said, I have to get out of here. I, and I usually can shield from that. protect. You know, it won't overwhelm me as much. But there were so many spirits and not knocking Vegas. There just were between ghosts. And I would look at people and I could see quickly that they're and it will sh- the eyes will just shift. And you guys there are people that are famous and I'm not trying to be the, the conspiracy theorist here at all. I'm not into conspiracy theories that much, or I can't figure them out. Uh, you know, they're interesting to me, but I don't come up with them. And yes, they're here. There are hybrid beings a hundred percent that I know for myself that are here with us. Are there any telltale signs that somebody's hybrid? Yeah. Uh, so a couple would be, it, if you kind of study the different ones, and there's so many, they can't all be in the book. Okay. So, but if you study, for example, uh, think of the 
and when I'm saying this, I'm not talking about anything political or anything like that, but draconians, reptilians, they're here. And they think that they, they, their mission here to help us, to help us evolve. But some of them are quite militant. So if you get, it's kind of like the spirit guys I was talking about before that you don't want to mess with or the spirit beings. If you get someone uh, that is being quite militant with you, uh, that doesn't mean they're a hybrid, but I intuitively know, uh, I'll tell you another trick, and you guys try this. I can feel the energy at the nape of someone's neck. And the way I respond to it is I get really dizzy and woozy uh, just feeling it because I, I think we all have some, we are all came from star seeds or descended from star seeds. But I don't know that I have a lot of, besides Lemurian energy, other, uh, but my husband does. And I'm around him a lot, but I can, every now and then, I can just see a shift in their eyes, just a shift. And I have seen on two occasions, someone completely reveal themselves to me. One was someone who taught here at my store and was very much, they, you needed to believe, you've got to believe me. You know, he was very, uh, not, not hanging anybody out to dry here, but it was a very, it's, exactly what I said you wouldn't want in a teacher or a spirit guide. It's like, this is the only way. And I know everything. And he got, he had a partner uh, and he turned a, a business partner. It was a female, sweetest thing. So kind, so nice, so gracious. And he, I saw him turn to her and look at her and he goes, no. And he said it in this voice and his face just shifted for just a second. Now, somebody put people say, well, that's a demon or he's no, he just shifted. And I saw his true form really quickly. And that is a real example. And I will tell you, I will never forget that when he turned and it was a split second. So how do you know before you get that uh, you study? You study the, you can look at, these are some of the vibrations. They are not vibrations. That's the wrong word. These are some of the characteristics they may have. And you, I think it takes some belief too. not talking yourself into it. You're usually shocked when you see someone for the first time, but it's the characteristics, Jeff, to answer it's, and it's not just one or two things to identify them. Uh, it's more knowing their characteristics of the different beings, at least that I've encountered and I haven't encountered all you may, other people may have encountered a, a being complete that I'm completely unaware of because I think we're so, uh, it, so expansive. There's so many different variations and flavors of not only humans, but the extraterrestrials that may be here purely in that form or may have integrated and, and uh, combined with our energy. Do yeah. you think that that person that worked with you and other hybrids know that they're hybrids? Very good question. I would say they, I don't think they're possessed, you know what I'm saying? So I, I think, I mean, people may be, but I don't think that they are, I think that is their true form. So I think they, I, I'm not sure. It's a great question. I'm not sure. It's something I'm going to start asking. Do you know? Do you know what you are? Uh, I, it's an incredible question. Uh, and I would love to know what the listeners think about that because I just really um, don't, I should have asked. And I always say, just ask. And I haven't asked on that. So I will. What's your opinion on quantum physics and how it intertwines with spirituality. So this gets me really excited because I think of you know quantum physics, I don't know how many years ago, but uh, it was kind of a fringe science in quantum mechanics, right? Still may be. And metaphysics, for lack of a better word, what we're doing, uh, you know, what I do at my store is also fringe. And what I think is so cool, and we ha I met a guy who's on my, one of my shows, and his name's Hakeem Olushe. This is Ruben name. He is now on a cooking show, you guys. It's really famous, but I haven't seen him yet. I can't remember the name of it, but everybody's told me, that guy that was on your show, he's on this cooking show. But he went to Stanford. He's uh, got a great story himself. And he had read my first book, The Magic of Connection. And I asked him, I said, do you agree with any of that? 
And he said, absolutely. The multiverse that we, there, we, there are multiple universes and variations of that and parallel universes going on at the same time. And so metaphysics and quantum physics are bringing us with entanglement theory, string theory, the all one concept, which I totally believe in, uh, and bringing that closer together. And to me, that's just incredible. It's a beautiful thing to see. Might not We might not agree on everything, but a lot of that to me is now showing that, yes, we're this great, beautiful web of all and all beings are included in that. So it's interesting. Yeah. Interesting times because, I don't know, 10 years ago, I'm not sure that anyone would say that's a scientist and they've taught at Stanford would, and went to school there would say, oh, yeah, I agree with a lot of things in your book as far as that. Not everything. I'm not expecting everybody to agree with everything. And we want to think, right? Uh, but, yeah, it's so interesting to hear that and so validating of how what we're doing uh whatever however you define your metaphysic spiritual practice i need we need a better word i don't say new age as much uh but that and that new thought is combining with that science it's it's so fascinating to me you own three stores i'm not sure if they're bookstores or crystal stores but do you think that there has been a resurgence in interest in metaphysics and the supernatural? A hundred percent. Yes. I know it for a fact. So what we own are three stores called Soultopia and the Dallas Metroplex. And uh, I will say in the past two years, the, the numbers of people and the demographics, and I'll tell you, have changed. And people are searching for something and it doesn't mean you have to abandon your your faith i have people here i'm in the bible belt i have women sit across from me and say i still want to go to church and sing in my church choir but i michelle i i want everything your store has to offer by the way the store is inclusive of anything that doesn't harm anyone okay so in other words no hate no anything like that um no uh, anything about I'm inclusive of all religions, all, all faiths, all demographics, but the demographics that have really changed is younger, younger and male. Hmm. Uh, We see so many, and we have a lot of people come in our stores and the interest has increased. And also the numbers of the people who were reaching, not that I'm having an agenda to reach anyone, but the numbers of people searching and looking for uh, something other uh, than what they're used to has definitely increased. And not only that, I love the fact that what's interesting here is the teenagers will come in, even even preteens, and they'll get they'll want to come here to the store. I'm at my store now in my office, and they'll bring their dads often. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe either moms, but I'm used to seeing the moms, right? And they'll bring their dads. And so I've seen just such an increase in interest in the, in the those demographics too, which I find, and, a, and all cultural uh, flavors too have, have become interested. So, oh, wow, it is just people are hungry for the information and they're believing more. They're not being told this is anymore buying into this is what you have to believe. They are thinking for themselves. Is there a certain book or a certain product in your store that just flies off the shelf? Mine. No. <laughs> the, um, there, there are. It's funny because we always are looking at that. We study the demographics. Uh, we can see what we sold every day. And I would say right now, the things that fly off the shelf the most tend to be with anything pagan related and uh, Pagan, or if you want to use the word witchcraft, uh, which are different, but pagan related, going, getting back to the earthly roots of, of what, what we did. But what flies off the shelf, and this is very interesting to me, uh, I seriously had talked to Matthew McConaughey about this because mm-hmm. he said, I just see people going in stores and, and who's in New Orleans and all they buy anything for money. It just is. It's empty. And I said, that too. People are wanting to manifest abundance and prosperity. So that flies anything, anything with that uh, flies off the shelves. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Interesting. 
initially thinking when I hear pagan, maybe there's an interest because of Game of Thrones or something. But I don't know if they're really getting into witchcraft in that series. It's more violence and other stuff. Dragons. Yeah. I'll be curious to see when this this prequel, I believe it is, comes Mm -hmm. out. uh, If because we we sell drag beautiful dragon statue, you know, maybe incense holders, whatever, and for a while dragons were really all the rage so i always kind of wonder is the is the conscious the universal consciousness driving what shows they're making and what movies they're making to some extent mm-hmm. or and it has to be because to some extent because we're part of the universal consciousness but so is it driving that they're having a show for instance about dragons and everyone or is it the other way around People have gotten an interest in dragons and then they make a show about it. And I'll tell you my belief from hard data with what I sell, I sell is the movies often drive what people are interested in. But I still think it may be for a purpose. It's not just oh commercialism. I think there's a universal consciousness to that. Can you share about a practice on how we interact with our loved ones before they transition over so that when they do, we'll be able to connect with them. I love that you asked that because yes, what, and I really recommend everyone do this. Now it almost is going to sound like it's something you would have that the therapist would tell you to do. So it can't be that bad, but it's, it's not that before, like now, tomorrow, there's a list in my book, but I'll tell you basically what they are. Ask your friends, your parents, your partners, what's, where would we meet? Where would we meet if one of us was to, to pass on and, and different frequencies? Where would we meet? What is your favorite song? If you don't know from a parent, maybe. What uh, is your favorite? And you get all the clears in there, you know, the, the, the seeing, uh, clear seeing, clear knowing, all the clear audience, all of those. What's your favorite song? What's your favorite scent? Where would you want to meet up with me? What sign might you send me? And so you're almost making an agreement. Like a before one of you passes, that this is what you're going to do. And then, and I'll tell you that I had a friend of mine, her mother is, was precious. I grew up with this person and her mother was always just a loving, a loving woman. And she has Alzheimer's and she, the friend contacted me and she said, uh, Michelle, it's, you know, so sad. I just, I just can't get her to be lucid. And sometimes, you know, they, we talk about the beyond and, and she, you know, is she going to see, you know, the dad? And basically she used my, the list that I just kind of gave you guys. And you can make it up on your own. Just, you know, muse. What's your favorite? Where did you, what was your favorite memory you ever had? What's the best city that you lived in? What did you do there? Those questions that we should be asking anyway. And her mother became lucid. She perked up. Because she wasn't being told, oh, you'll be okay. This is what to expect. It's okay to let go and move on. She was having these wonderful memories of, and it was talking about her husband and, but things about herself too. Uh, her husband had already passed. And she, my friend said, Michelle, everyone needs to do that list. And, and she said, because it was just amazing how my mother perked up and she listened and, and she had joy again. And she said, but I also now know those things that some of them I didn't ever take time to find out. So her mother, you know, and I'll, I'll take it from now for me. So if I had that with my husband, I would know if one of us passed, I would look for certain things that I know are his favorite, uh, his favorite animal. What, what's your favorite bird? Because birds are messengers. And so I think it's a beautiful way to get to know each other better, but also prepare for how you're going to meet, meet up in the future. Are beings trying to contact you all the time and you have to kind of shut it down? Otherwise it'll drive you crazy. Yes and no. Uh, They won't drive me crazy anymore, but I hope, but they can crowd me very much to where it feels when I was talking about the Vegas, I'm not picking on Vegas. It just happened to be, I was extra open, I guess that, that night when we were walking, I, I have to 
set some boundaries and just say, you know, not tonight. I'm sleeping. I'm sorry. We're not, no spirits are coming in here tonight. Not going to do it. And can you 100% manage that? I believe yes, if you remember. But a lot of times, people, including me, don't remember to do that. So those spirits, yes, they crowd me. They crowd me, but they also make me very, I, I have a lot of compassion. I don't like people making fun of ghosts. I don't like them antagonizing spirits that are lingering here because most of them are here because of something that was very traumatic. And so I will have the compassion, but yeah, I will feel crowded mm. sometimes, very crowded. Do you think many spirits hang out in cemeteries? I think they do, but I don't think that they, and and I know there are practices that they believe that's, you know, who do things that people who believe that and not maybe even faiths. But my answer to that is maybe, but they can hang out anywhere else they want to, too. Uh, I, I think where that it has to be, it's usually a bar or it's an old old, old, old. Everybody's like old. And I'm thinking people die all the time. People pass it. And not to be blunt, but they do. I mean, it's, it's, we have death and we have people crossing for that word. And so, yeah, I mean, it's just like, it's, it doesn't have to be a cemetery. It, it could be anywhere. Uh, they show up often where they were, it's not always where they died or the last things they did. They'll show up reveal themselves to you and show up in places where they were happy. Potentially. It's not always that it's this deep, dark, creepy place. It might be even more. I was in my doctor's office and we have time for this. And I was sure. in my doctor's office and I told her, I said, you've got spirit going up and down this hall. Hmm. I mean, this is my doctor. <laughs> okay. So you don't want to think your doc, you don't want you to tell your doctor anything that's uh, she's going to, you know, be putting you in for help. Mm -hmm. uh, I just I literally looked at her and I said, I can't, I've got to tell you, I cannot not tell you a spirit. And I believe that spirit has been in the building. I don't know how old it was, but it looks pretty modern Dallas to me. And uh, she later, and I think, I, you know, how many appointments it was that went by and probably a year later, maybe six months, she said, by the way, I thought, oh no, <laughs> what are you gonna what are you gonna put me on? What are you gonna do? Um, she said, by the way, I haven't, but other people have been talking about this spirit that is up and down. I said, people who come to you or people who work there? And she said, No, people who work here. And Michelle, I want you to know that you were right. There is a spirit. And I said, Yes, yeah, that hall right there. And she goes, Yeah. So yes, and, and I, I told her, I did tell her. You know, you can see them too, right? It's not because I'm, you know, all that. And she's like, I don't want to. I said, okay. <laughs> it's okay. That's probably why she didn't see him, right? Yeah. Potentially. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Can you explain psychometry and connecting with places and things? Yes. So I believe, so we've got with places, with places, we've got the spirit of the land itself. Right. So things might have happened uh, on that land. We know things happened on the land of the United States. Right. Some not some good things, some bad things. But that land will have uh, it's a being. But the land may also have something on it or something, like I said, that happened there that also is another layer to that being. And then there the things uh definitely things you can touch, they hold energy and so do buildings. And the psychometry comes in with, and it's an age old practice. I've been researching that for my next book, all the different forms of divination. And, and so psychometry, which is very close to clear tangency or clear touch, but holding something of, for instance, clothing even, I believe clothing holds more energy, even though people are like, well, we've washed it. No, mm -hmm. if you've got someone's wedding dress or their favorite shirt, you know, Uncle Joe wore this shirt every Friday to go bowl. It's got energy in it. And so you hold it and you can get the energy of that place. And the same 
when you stand on, you can just stand on land or connect with it, maybe a tree, another being on that land and just touching can often give you that sense. And the reason behind the psychometry, which is not new, is that the energy, when you, when you touch it, you maybe connect more with that energy. So, and that can be used for really anything, but, but places and things that doesn't always have to be used to connect with a loved one. Oftentimes people think that's the only reason you take the watch of someone to a medium and then they can tap into that. Number one, that you don't always have to have that to tap in. Number two, psychometry could be used to go to give us some interesting uh, knowledge about something that it might not even about someone who passed. It just may be a bygone era of what happened on this land. Do you think people shouldn't buy secondhand things like clothing? And if they do, is there a way to clear the energy? Great question. My daughter would will be really messed up if I tell her she cannot go because it's a very popular right now to wear vintage clothing. And she goes to Goodwill. She repurposes clothing. She believes in repurposing. And so the answer to your question is, I do think you should clear those things. I think whatever that clearing is for you, you could, if that is setting intention, it doesn't always have to be, uh, you know, some sort of, and there, by the way, there's all different kinds of sage. So you could even use pine if you don't want to use sage. And I do think you should clear just putting in the washing machine is not good enough and set an intention over it. But, you know, you might not want the energy to go out of it, but if you do, then all the various forms of clearing, ringing, uh, paint, playing a soulful geofrequency, uh, doing a singing bowl over that, that clears the energy uh, different and then setting the end. But yes, uh, for a lot of people, I would say, yes, I will go in the stores with my daughter and I'll be like, do you not feel this? And she's like, oh, mom. And I'm like, I'm, I, I really can feel the energy. And one of the things you could practice if you're uh, listening is it, if you're open to it, uh, is going in not only like Goodwill or old vintage stores and seeing, just prepare yourself, scan your energy before you go, My, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. How am I right now? This is how I am. And, and I do this before going into a meeting, before anything. I try to remember. So you'll know that's your, that's your check-in. Then you can walk in one of those stores. But even more interesting is a pawn shop. If the person that owns the pawn shop knows most of the things about what they have in there and knows some of the history and you can practice, you can go in and you can just, you know, pick up an item and see what, you know, you can connect with uh, and don't be afraid to be wrong. Uh, that's what is the biggest obstacle to connecting is we just think, ah, uh, you know, it's just my imagination. I just, no, just pick it up and hold it and then ask, ask. Maybe write on an index card. These are the hits I got. You know, it seems seems sad. It seems this. It seems that. And you can then ask the owner, do you know the history of this? And you could do that anywhere where they'll let you kind of hold the item. So, All right. If somebody wanted to pick up your book, Spirits Unveiled, do they get it on Amazon or your website? So both. Either one is equally great. You can get it on Lou Ellen Books. You can get it at Soultopia. If you get it at Soultopia, I'll sign it for you if you want me to. A lot of people do. And I do a little bibliomancy for you too, which is I open the, you can either tell me the number I open to a certain page and I circle it and I, and that's a special page for you. So it's a certain kind of divination. It can be, there's one called dictionary man see too but you can use any book but i'll use my book open it and so either place would be great uh, uh, and you can get it at target and all kinds of places but mainly amazon soltopia llewellyn would be really easy places to, hmm. to pick it up well, that's great after watching this podcast people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions or chit chat are you open to that and if so how do they reach you I am open to that. I'd love to know what you think and, and your experiences and your opinion, and they don't have to match mine. And you reach me, it's really simple. Michelle, well, Michelle with two L's, Welch with C-H at the end.com, MichelleWelch.com. And I'm very open to that. Do you have anything else you're working on that you want us to know about? 
Yeah, I thank you. I'm working on a lot, really busy right now. We own, uh, we being Soltopia owns, that's my stores, but it's the umbrella company. We own two, one in Dallas, it's already passed this year, but one coming up in Portland, Oregon. And it, we have total probably 50 speakers uh, on divination that, that weekend. It's more than 50 counting the keynote speakers. So working on that. And, but I have another book coming out and it's going to teach you how to make your own psychic playbook, how you can connect because you may not connect with everything the way I connect and it will help you, you formulate how it works for you because it's so, it's so hard when somebody else sees, you know, a group of people and they're all going, oh yeah, I really felt that energy or I saw that or what. And you're just going, mm, not me. Yeah, I guess I'm not, I'm not intuitive. Well, you are, but it's just different ways, just like different learning styles to connect. Hmm. So I'm working on that book. Uh, yeah. And then of course, just the stores and thoughts of, an, of more stores because people are wanting to. So just a lot of things. We also, I also have just uh, finished, but we're putting it off. I, I'm due this other book. Uh, it's, I hope it's going to be called the psychic playbook and your psychic playbook for maybe that, but also a crystal deck I am working on with my husband. We've already turned that in. And another publisher has asked me, uh, they've some other people have approached, but right now I've learned, you know, one thing I, you can say no to some things. And, and for me, I kind of need to pace myself. If I get many, too many things, I think probably a lot of people can relate. And I'm just being honest with myself that, I can't do it all. And it gets me too stressed. So, but lots of opportunities uh, coming our way. And I, I, I shot that up to Soultopia too. It's just a lot of good, fun uh, energy and the team that works here is wonderful. Michelle, before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message? Oh, absolutely. Regarding connecting with spirits and connecting just with with yourself, the the positive message, and I could leave so many, but the positive message is that you are part of all and you at the same time, you are uniquely important to the all, to everything. And when you realize that, and when I realized that when I was back in my, you know, like 20, 30 years ago, when I was more self-sabotaging, when I realized that even though I'm part of all, I am uniquely important and special. And so that's the message I would leave for everyone. Michelle, thank you again for being my guest. I really appreciate you and I wish you success in whatever you're doing. Thank you so much. And likewise to you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored.